Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! Everybody and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hi, Annie. Hi, Walt. Annie, what do we usually do on Crossover Appeal? Well, usually we take a book or movie or TV show or some other narrative form of storytelling, mash it up with another narrative form of storytelling, and make people kiss. Yeah, well, you know, Annie, that sounds all well and good for mm-hmm. like, I don't know, 12 months worth of content, but now it's boring. Ew. I'm bored. Let's do something different. Yeah, let's make a, a crossover club sandwich. Yeah, let's go crossover to the extreme. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, a cartoon cat <laughs> is riding on a skateboard. Uh, oh, yeah, With totally. a keytar. Yeah, and then, pa- and then Paula Abdul shows up. And yeah. she's like, hey, cartoon cat, I find you attractive. Yeah. And then it gets weird. I realize. But you know what? A lot of people have found Robin Hood the fox attractive, so. That's true. What's weird anymore? The movie that launched a furry generation. Exactly. Um, so that's that's really what we're doing today, guys. <laughs> Happy birthday, everybody. Launching a new generation of costume characters. Yay. Uh, yeah, it's our birthday episode. Yay. So how are we celebrating, Annie? We are celebrating by, we actually asked you to the celebrate listeners. with us. The listeners. All 12 of you. Um, yeah. 12,000. No, sure yes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um and we wanted to know which crossovers would you want to return to from the past year? Yeah, we you demanded it. Yeah. And we gave it. We did. Um, so today we are crossing over two of our previous crossovers. What? Together into a weird four-car pileup of pop culture delightfulness. Exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, the poll that we sent out had a very clear major winner. Yep. Which was, uh, are, we, are we giving it away? Yeah, sure. It's so, the title. People were real into returning to Lost and Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, fine Yeah, I, I was very surprised about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess they're two very popular shows. Oh, totally. Um, but yeah, they were not show. Like, this was not a crossover that I was like, oh man, people are going to really love to go back to. But hey, you just, you need to go back. So you had to go you back. You had to go you back. You had to go back. <laughs> There's more to unravel of the mysteries of Lost and Arrested Development. Um, and so, yeah, then we had our second place poll for the second episode, and yeah. it was a heated battle. It was. Um, it came down to um, Hamilton Hamlet, Firefly and Clue, and um, Les Mis and Wreck-It Ralph. Another, yeah, the Dark Horse Yeah, contender. real Dark Horse. Although, going back to a video arcade would be pretty awesome, True. I have to say. Unfortunately for Wreck-It Ralph and the cast of Les Mis, the cast of Hamilton has carried the day, it along has- with Hamlet. As we all want them to yeah, do. Yeah, of course. For every day, forever. Um, so yeah, we're mashing up Yay Hamlet and Lost Rested Developmentalist. Yeah. They, those two don't marry quite as well. No. So far, no one has yelled at Ron Howard on the street. <laughs> <laughs> and congratulated him on the ending of Lost. <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> 
<laughs> and honestly, if someone thought that he had been responsible for the ending of Lost and saw him on the street, they probably would have shouted something way meaner than yeah, or yay, like yay Lost. Thrown a Hardy's bag at him or yeah. something. Like, that's not the kind of thing you want to be blamed for by someone on the street. And like as we talked about in the Lost Arrested Development episode, we are not down on the Lost finale. No, I'm a big fan of the Lost finale, but with full understanding of why many, many people are not. Oh, totally. But yeah. we would not throw fast food at Ron Howard. No. For the Lost finale. <laughs> for, for not for that reason, but for many, many others. He Watch knows your back, why. Howard. He knows. <laughs> Annie, why don't you uh, take us back through the crossover fictional fanfic wonderfulness that is Yay Hamlet. Um, so we went through the these individual fandoms in mm-hmm. those episodes um so if you want more if you've never heard of hamilton or hamlet this is maybe you, not the episode to start with yeah this is not <laughs> the episode to start with go back to episode 12 in which we talk about both hamilton and hamlet discreetly so you can get a sense of what those are um so our yay hamlet episode was inspired by that lady who yelled at lin-manuel Manuel miranda on the street um, in episode 12, we crossed over Hamilton the Musical and Hamlet the Play for a giant theatrical extravaganza of time travel and father issues. Bad dads. Yeah, bad dads. All da- over this episode. Bad dad, time travel dads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Actually, that's the title of this yeah. giant crossover sandwich. This mashup is just the bad dad variety hour. Bad dads of time <laughs> and space. Um, so the basic synopsis for our time for our Hamilton Hamlet crossover, um, Angelica Schuyler is a latent time travel mutant, as you all knew and appreciated. Or Time Lord, I guess. Time Lord, yeah. It was either she's an X Men person. I like the mutant power one. Yeah, I like because I like to think that it was inside of her and she didn't realize it until that big emotional moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so her powers come to a head at her sister Eliza's wedding to Alexander Hamilton. Um, a lot of emotion, and she, yeah. you know, rewinds literally. Mm-hmm. Um, Too far. To but to yes, too far. So historical figures are swirled in time and space to Denmark, where Hamlet is dealing with the death of his father by seeing ghosts, plotting against his uncle, and being a dick to his girlfriend. Get it together, Hamlet. You know? Come yeah, on. Yeah, right? Like, I understand that grief is very difficult to work through, but you ain't working through it, buddy. Not a good plan. No. Um, but a good plan is that Hamilton's revolutionary fervor inspires Hamlet to take action, overthrow, overthrow Claudius, and start a democracy without being a dick to anybody's girlfriend. Yeah. And then Thomas Jefferson shows up on a boat. Yeah. And is like, what did I miss? And, and everybody's like, no, please. It's like, no, don't. No, no. No, don't do that. <laughs> Um, so what were some of the pairings that came out of this world? So in um, in our games, um, we had, as part of Kiss Your Faces, Angelica and Laertes, um, the siblings who really see things go bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, they're kind of on the sidelines, but they are the people um, that their families are resting a lot of uh, a weight on yeah. socially and and watching a lot of their loved ones get killed. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Like they're, yeah. they're just seeing some real bad stuff go down mm-hmm. um, and don't have a lot of power on their own to, to change things. For sure. Um, we had either Ophelia and Lafayette or Ophelia and Aaron Burr, depending on kind of the, the way that the actor wants to play Ophelia. Yep. Um, either a little more sassy with Lafayette, because um, you know what? I think Ophelia can do some fun. Yeah. Or Burr, who seemed like someone who would respect women a little more, um, especially after having Theodosia and understanding that yeah. 
you know, ladies deserve kind of respect and and power and power as well. Mm-hmm. Um, team Theodosia. Let's just be honest, dear Theodosia. Oh. Um, we have Fortinbras and Peggy, um, who spend most of their time not in the plays that so they could they be live canoodling. In. They, they let's have them canoodle off in a corner. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then finally, we have Gertrude and Thomas Jefferson because you know Thomas Jefferson was going to try and hit that one. Exactly, he's going to hit it. He get together with somebody. Yeah. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. And, and there are and, not a lot of female characters. No, and Gertrude is the lady with at least some kind of power so mm-hmm. tj would be about that absolutely um in our battle dome we have hamilton and hamlet because those are the two guys who cannot stop talking mm-hmm. like they would just argue with each other all day long um we have washington and claudius because washington is standing up for the side of good and stable government and claudius is just poisoning his way to the top in mm-hmm. his snake garden oh mr snake garden yeah that's what they call him Exactly. Well, King's Snake Garden, oh. I suppose. <laughs> I'm just thinking of that, you know, the um the Heat Miser song. I'm <laughs> Mr. Snake Garden. I'm Mr. Hiss. <laughs> yeah, right. So if you can I, do I, claymation. I the rest of it. <laughs> if you can do claymation, make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um we have also Rosencrantz and Guildenstern versus Hercules Mulligan, uh Lafayette. The whole tavern and, crew. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. So any revolutionary you want to throw in there, and they would just take Rosencrantz and Guildenstern out. Yeah, wouldn't go great. No. Um, and then we had a lot of best buddies. We did. Um, so for the guys that no one really wants to listen to, it's uh, Polonius and Madison, mm-hmm. just lurky McLurkersons. <laughs> um, we have Hamilton's, again, friends, uh, revolutionaries, and the gravediggers, because they would just be zinging each other. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a real good tavern setting. And they were like setting. men of the soil, literally. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, guess, mean, I guess Hamilton. I the tavern crew were a little Yeah, bit, yeah. They're, they're not the, the working they class. They were like the commoners, no. Well, I mean, they were like lawyers and stuff. Yeah, they were not the commoners. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I thought you said yeah. Yeah. No. Um, but I think they would all be zinging each other in the mm-hmm. in the tavern. My favorite best buddies pairing. Well, Riz gonna write some fan fiction about Samuel Seabury and Osric, who are the guys that Hamilton and Hamlet make fun of. Yeah. And also, we have best buddies as Hamilton and Hamlet after making fun of Osric. I think they would really bond over. Oh, that. they totally would. It would be like they're arguing against each other and then Osric comes in and they just turn slowly and start destroying him (laughs) um we have hamlet and philip who both have dads that they both love and hate and want to live up to and Mm -hmm. defend um probably to their detriment for Uh, sure yeah um in many ways in many ways um and then a lot like talking during shows yeah, oh yeah, they both are real bad at the theater. Like, that's why I don't like either of them. <laughs> um, and then finally we have Eliza and Ophelia, um, two women who are really just treated badly by the men in their lives. Um, but Eliza has the support network of her sisters, um, and she is able to be the one at the end of the play who really carries on and and makes a great mark and shares the stories of all of those around her, um, mm-hmm. whereas Ophelia does not have that support system. Um, so in our universe, Eliza is able to bring Ophelia into the network of Skylar sisters. And then they have such a good time. They do, and tra- time traveling around with, yeah. the, with Angelica and her time travel powers. Absolutely. Um, yeah, themes of crossover between these two things. Um, um, there was a lot. There was, actually. Um, who gets to tell your story? Um, 
Um, so obviously in Hamilton, we have the theme of who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Um, in Hamlet, he dies saying, tell my story. Yeah. Um, He's pretty clear about it. Yeah. And then... Um, and then flights of or, angels descend to sing him to his rest. That's true. And uh, what's his name? Who comes in at the end? Uh, Fortinbras. Fortinbras, yeah. And he he's just like, wow, so that... That's a weird story I just heard. Yeah. And everybody's bleeding and dead. <laughs> and Horatio's like, I look, guess, I'll give you the cliff notes. We got to clean up. I Get guess a mop. I, yeah, right? <laughs> like, I guess I won this war. Yay. Um, also, Legacy. Um, obviously, that's a huge one for Hamilton, who writes like he's running out of time and mm. wants to make his mark on the world in major ways. Um, and... For Hamlet, um, he is concerned about his father's legacy mm-hmm. and kind of taking up that mantle in the same way Philip is trying to take up the mantle of his father, yeah, Hamilton. Yeah, sort of latent responsibility. Yeah. Um, we're, we're planting seeds in a garden filled with snakes, obviously. Yep. <laughs> that you'll never get to see. You'll never get to see those snakes. Because snakes. Ah, Mr. Snake. Miser. Um, we have it was the, the brother who never got invited to the exactly. holiday dinner. They're like, oh God, please don't let him touch anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some some real bad dads. That's a big theme here. Um, mm-hmm. Hamlet's dad is real bad. Hamlet or um, Hamlet's dad is real bad. Did I? Say, Hamilton's was, a real bad dad. Ham- Hamilton has a real bad dad. He is a real bad dad. Yeah. Hamlet has a real bad dad and a real bad uncle who pretends to be his dad. That's true. There's bad dads everywhere. It's Polonius is a bad dad. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't think of a good dad. In you could any call it these. sins of the founding father. Is that anything? That's something? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I bet that's a, I bet that's some kind of like fanfic. Oh, yeah. I'm sure someone's written and I bet a high school senior wrote that as an essay in their history class. Yeah. But you know what? I, I'm sure you got like a B plus. Yeah, that's, solid. That's totally fine. They did all the research by listening to Hamilton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, again, that theme of the role women are allowed to play in society. Um, you know, Angelica understanding that she's so bright and motivated. And, and powerful. Yet, and, well, in our... With her time. With her time travel. Yeah. Um, but in in her respective play she understands that her role is to marry well mm-hmm. and basically not use her intelligence and wit and ambition yeah. um and ophelia is just mansplained to for <laughs> like two and a half hours of play yeah that's just what happens um so so yeah it's a bit of a downer yeah but it results in a crossover full of time hopping yeah. show watching snake wrangling yeah like danes and revolutionaries and everybody gets to feel bad about their bad dads and come together and realize that you don't need your dad to tell you that he loves you you don't need your dad to tell you what you can't do yeah don't (laughs) tell me what i can't do dad (laughs) which which makes for a good segue into the second crossover that we're revisiting oh so yeah tell us a little about the uh the world of lost and arrested development lost rested develop post um yeah so mm-hmm. we have to go back to the banana stand yeah we have to go back you always have to go back or as we determined in uh episode 11 there's 
always po- a polar bear in the banana stand. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Uh, before we could fully embrace our yays and our hamlets, we had to do episode 11, focusing on the story of a wealthy family who lost everything and the one plane full of survivors who had no choice but to keep them all together. It's lost, rested development, everybody. Um, so yeah, our, our crossover for this one was that in the mid 20th century, Oscar Bluth, himself sort of a spiritual seeker, finds himself a true believer of the Dharma Initiative, uh, which was right up his alley, being all about the crystals and the healing energies and all of the post-hippie hangover kind of stuff. Um, his brother George, of course, sensing a prime business opportunity, moves in and gets the family business intertwined with Dharmas, uh, putting him on Charles Whitmore's bad side and in what would proved to be a pattern, committing all sorts of light treason against the space-time continuum. Uh, Decades later, um, with the Bluth's family assets wrapped up in all things mystical island-related, a fateful plane crash derails everything, Buster's on a freighter of military mercenaries, Tobias is hanging out with and annoying the others, and the family banana stand is revealed to lead to a mysterious hatch-like research facility. Um, Basically, we decided that this is a really easy crossover to do because you can just keep the entire plot of Lost exactly the same, but the cutaways can just be to the Bluth family messing things up. Oh, exactly. Because the Bluth family already has terrible corporate practices. Mm -hmm. So it would make perfect sense that the corporations that are running the island, basically, are are just as terrible. Exactly. And the Bluths are a family and and live in a world where they could be faced with this sort of mystical, all-encompassing, uh, world-bending ramifications of space and only look at it as a chance to like build a new model home. And, oh, yeah. Like, how can we turn this into real estate? How can we monetize this in the yeah. cheapest way possible? How can this result in me finally getting a chance to buy a family car or to buy something that's not a stair car? You know, oh no! Oh, the hop-ons. Yeah. But through time, I feel if if I would just love to see Hurley like fixing the stair car and driving it around the island. I think yeah. In our crossover, that's what they find. They find the stair car. Oh yeah. A, yeah. Instead of the van, it's definitely a stair car. Um. So yeah. The uh. When we played the games, the Battle Dome. I mean, Whitmore and George Senior were the sort of two really big ones, but also Tobias Ben. Except that Tobias thinks that he's the best buddies with Ben, and Ben very much disagrees. Oh totally. I feel. I feel like Ben is always trying to send Tobias into like death traps, mm-hmm. and somehow Tobias always survives and Ben is yeah. like wait are you actually my nemesis yeah like Ben sends him into the boat to like meet his estranged father but then Tobias ends up like I don't know it's a blue man inside something some some very clever intricate arrested development joke happens and yeah, Tobias yeah. makes it out fine and Ben is not he happy just cries in the shower oh or it's sit well in there oh um, yeah and they have a lovely moment yeah um, as far as best buddies, there were all sorts. We had Lindsay and Kate bonding over sort of being the overlooked female character in a lot of things uh, in these in, in, with all these crazy people Who running around. Makes bad man choices. Bad man choices and missed potential. Yeah. Um, Mom issues. Mm-hmm. Maybe and Alex Rousseau hanging out and maybe kissing their faces a little bit. I vote highly on kissing your faces. Yeah, you were a big proponent. I, I think that's our only kiss your faces. Yeah. I think, that, I think actually, yeah, because we also did not want to sentence anybody to life with any <laughs> that, of the blues. That is true. So Kiss Your Faces was very sparse in this crossover. Um, so it's a good thing that there's so much just pure sexual heat coming from the Yay Hamlet side of things. Yeah, that is true. Because, you know, this, uh, this it'll spice up this crossover. Um, we had, of course, the crossover that was my favorite to come out of the Best Buddies was Andy's choice of Walt and Anyang, <laughs> who spent, <laughs> spent a lot of time having their names said and engage in complicated mythology. 
apologies that don't quite pay off. Exactly, and disappear for long periods mm-hmm. of time. Yeah, it's uh, it's perfect. Maybe the most crystallized, perfectly pure crossover best buddies that we have managed to come across in yes. the last year. Um, we had Arts and Barry Zuckercorn because you know. Those characters are fun off on the side. Um, Locke and Michael or Jack and Michael, I think, depending on the needs of the plot. I think Michael would try to make friends with both of them and then end up hating them and they would feel vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But they they both, I mean, Locke and Jack are two two sides of the same coin. mm -hmm. And I think Michael is is that coin as well. Yeah, exactly. He is just the coin. He's the coin. (laughs) He flips his sides depending. Um, then there's Job and Locke just out there looking for a father figure in Jacob. Aww. Somebody to tell them that everything's all right. It's going to be okay, guys. I know, Hello, right? darkness, my old friend. <laughs> and then again, depending on how you look at it, uh, Buster and Ben. Um, I really wanted them to hang out, but I think it would be a Tobias situation where Buster would be a pretty useful idiot for, for Ben. Yeah, but Ben would really just want to kill them all. Yeah, but Buster and Hurley would hang out. Oh, yeah. Buster just, like, wants a buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like looking back on this, I realized when we were listening, we talked about her a little bit, but Lucille did not get a lot of play no, in this crossover. Considering and, she is the greatest of all TV characters. Mm, like I think that this is this getting a chance to revisit this episode is largely just a chance to hang out and talk about Lucille a little bit more. Because yes. you guys. Gosh, Lucille Bluth and Jessica Walter, who plays Lucille, like she is TV gold. Mm-hmm. Like I just love every facial expression, every like choice she makes as an actor yeah. it's pure hate and rage <laughs> and comic timing oh you know what i want what this may be jumping the gun a little bit but it's it's in our world it's not in the crossover world i want jessica walter to play king george i would love that i would watch i thought you were gonna say you want jessica walter to play gertrude i mean she'd be fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure she'd be great but no i want her to play king george yes I, I would I would watch that so much. Please, please, if you're out there, Lynn well, hear just our transmission and then make it happen for just feel, one day. You know that. Well, it's like that that show they do every year for Broadway, um, oh, where they right. do the gender swaps. Mm-hmm. They could have Jessica Walter in oh to do King George to just sing "You'll Be Back." Yes. I, oh, I would listen to it on repeat. I would give all of our money to whatever the cause yeah. was. Don't even we'd care be, what. We'd be homeless and. But we'd still like, have but, that recording. You know, Bodo would be on the streets again. And he would be like, what terrible choices have you made? I'd be like, no, Bodo, listen to this song. And then he would get it. Yeah, he would. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that's sort of our refresher course. Oh, Did yeah, you have well, other missed opportunities? Uh, no, I was wondering about the themes of Lost and Arrested Oh, right. Uh, bad dads. Bad yeah. dads, bad dads, bad dads, bad dads. Bad dads, uh, bad corporate practices. Yeah, bad corporate practices. And um, the interesting inverted politi- political arcs yeah. of both shows, where Lost went from a show that felt very steeped in current politics and and then gradually got more and more obscure and sort of fantasy-based, whereas Arrested Development started off as just kind of, oh, a fun little lark, and then fairly quickly, but especially in the later ep- later seasons, um, turned into a very politically driven and uh, satirical show. I think it was there from the start, but it got much more pronounced by the end. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they have these kind of inverse political engagement tracks, um, which uh, are make for an interesting case study. Yeah. Um, also, um, the, the idea of bonding with people whom you would not choose to spend time with mm-hmm. um whereas all the the losties end up on this island they're very different oh, people yeah. but they all have to you know live together die alone um and arrested development like it's a family so you really can't get away from them i feel like but was, yeah you but they end up understanding that it's like well 
we all do love each other in a weird way, mm-hmm. but we also are just so self-destructive and we can't be together, but we also can't be apart from each other. Yeah. And there's an element to it of like Michael heard live together, die alone. and was like, yeah, that's my mantra. And then by the end of the series, it's like, no, I think I'll be okay alone. Like it's like live together or be happy alone. Maybe like there's a yeah. need. There's some some relationships well, are you, that are just toxic. Are you thinking of the season three? I'm thinking the of the the um the main run of Arrested Development. Yeah, season I agree. Four. I'm gonna pretend um, that that's the full run. Yeah, although they are coming back for another season, and I'm actually very interested to see where this one lands. Yeah. I, think, I think I hope that they've learned some lessons. I hope um, so. I feel like the best part of Arrested Development is just all these actors together, right. and I think for scheduling issues they could not all be together at for most times four. so yeah i think they tried a lot of to get around it and they realized that like it's just not the same um so yeah again season four same caution don't watch it um yeah. or watch it once you wa- once you watch the rest of it and um think of it as an interesting experiment that didn't yeah. really work out yeah um but let's get to this crossover crossover yeah. crossover crossover um that was both an echo effect and also four times for four properties uh yeah how are these worlds colliding crisis on infinite pop culture well obviously time travel is our big theme here. yeah which is nice thank you guys for voting on shows where our crossovers both involve some time travel yeah because like I yeah I so confession time I was real pulling for Jane Austen Jedi's mm-hmm. like it's true I was real excited to go she back didn't to that. she didn't openly campaign I but she did establish camp- a super pack yes <laughs> just subtly mentioning it mm-hmm. every single time yep they were not allowed to coordinate but they were pretty clear on what yeah, their mission statement was yeah it's um. The, you know, all those um, Ann Elliott fans among us. <laughs> but I think that... But team I, Laconia. It's true. But I think that once once Lost and Arrested Development gets into the mix, they have a magic island. Yes. So it can solve a lot of narrative problems in general. Yes. Um, but it does help that, I guess, yay Hamlet. There's nothing about Hamilton or Hamlet that is time travel but then we just put it in there right, we made it that way it's canonical i'm sorry she yeah. travels through time she yes. controls time she says rewind and yeah. then they do exactly so. they listened so it, yeah. so yeah so i think um yeah i think like she launches into this rewind it goes too far maybe they get a danish revolution going yeah. there's a danish democracy everything's great but then like uh you know angelica says something like again she gets drunk at like and happy democracy and she's like <laughs> and she's like, happy, uh, democracy, happy everyone. democracy everyone and she's like i can't wait to see what the future will bring we'll bring we'll bring we'll bring yeah. record scratch record scratch everybody moves around really fast and then all of a sudden they're launching through the space time um, uh, and I think on the way, I think they encounter the lost island as oh. it's also moving. Yeah. And I think um, not just Angelica saying like, oh, you know, I can't wait to see what the future will bring. But I think the the Dharma people and um, oh, what's his name? Who is so cute with the beard and the physics? Oh, uh, Faraday. Faraday. Yeah. Um, I think he is tapping into angelica oh like, yeah he is th- thinking like there are these surges mm-hmm. in the the time sphere yeah and he doesn't know what that what that is so maybe like angelica is having dreams of like desmond and peggy or but not desmond and peggy and peggy <laughs> desmond and penny <laughs> nope that's it that's it i think peggy is the new constant yeah. <laughs> um and yeah oh and he's got Exactly. They're the Scottish sisters. Aw, the Scottish sisters. 
Um, yeah, so I think that like she's she's having dreams of this traveling guy, and like Faraday on the other side is trying to do things, and I think that like George Senior is just pumping money into this research because oh yeah, you know he's trying to figure out like and where how can you have how can you have two houses exist on the same space at the same time yeah, exactly. and then charge twice as much money for <laughs> yep, them exactly. <laughs> And he has the worst lawyers, so oh, he does. they've told him that this is the only legal loophole that he can do. But, uh, you know, and he realizes that he made a huge mistake. And so he's trying to go back and fix that as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that, like, there's a lot of cross-timey pollination. It all winds up slamming together. Yes. And everybody's in one place. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the Lost Island has a lot of architecture that could make the Danes feel quite at home. Um, there's That's that it. weird creepy ta- that castle thing. Yeah, the t- yeah. castle tower with the big mirror in it. And um, you've got um, Smokey. Oh, yeah. Smoke Monster, which I feel like Ham- Hamlet would be like, is that my dad? Is that and my grief? Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like the um, the magic-y stuff on the island would fit real well into the Danes. They I think would be so. like, this is, this is ghost central yeah that would really and they hear appeal. all the, they hear all the whisper voices yeah and he's like it's my dad it's my dad and then claudius is like oh my god it's your dad oh my god no this is really happening what what well so yeah i guess claudius is still around yeah let's say they keep him around yeah. he's in jail yeah but he breaks out yeah for, um, the, for the sequel for the sequel um there's lots of snakes on this island so yeah. he's in his element he's excited yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like yes my kingdom i'm just imagining patrick stewart because he was the claudius in uh-huh. the david Tennant version dancing around the island singing i'm mr snake miser <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's about how it goes yeah. and i think that that's he doesn't even play into the plot i think he's no. just out there he's just out there dancing around i feel like um, Tobias would find, come across him yes. and like think it was some performance art thing. Mm-hmm. And, and they're like putting in. snakes on their heads. Yeah, the dance of the snake miser. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Tobias would think that he had found the spiritual source of the island. Oh, really totally. He's found this weird guy without a shirt on speaking Danish and dancing around with yes, snakes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, we didn't really talk about the smoke monster a whole lot last no, time. No, I mean, um, they're, they're, you know, there are a lot of losties, so there's yeah, a lot to talk true. about. Yeah, that's true. There's much to plow through. Um, but, like, you know, the smoke monster gets a lot of play. So, like, where where does it wind up focusing? I mean, well, it, I mean, should, should we just talk about the, like, Jacob and. Yeah, and, Jacob and the Man in Black. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's ultimately the answer. So we've got this good and evil battle. Yeah. Um, yeah, what do, so obviously nobody comes to the island without being pulled there. Yeah. So what has made them pull Angelica and by extension, the entire new Danish democracy. Yeah, right. Into, onto this island. The United Lands of Denmark. Um, Denmark, yeah. Well, I mean, I think I was still thinking like Faraday was a part of that too. Yeah. Like he is, he is making it happen with science. True. Um, but I guess like what would... Jacob and Smokey want. Yeah, I mean they they would want to see they want to see this battle play out, right? Like they're trying to prove a point to each other. So well, I mean, um, Hamlet was supposed to kill Claudius. Yeah, and um, maybe they feel like they can get they, they can, can start influencing. Yeah, this. and then also Hamilton and Burr, like they're still at odds. What if? Okay, so man, man in black and Jacob are like, I've got this bet. I'm going to prove that I'm right. Here, I'm going to mm. pull all these people in and they're going to show that I'm right. And then uh, Castle lands on them. They're both dead. Hamilton and Burr become new Jacob man in black. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
that like they supplant them so or they already are them i mean this is again lost yeah. all the explanations can be vague so w- would burr or hamilton be smoke monster or jacob that's a good question because um, i feel like Burr is so composed. Mm-hmm. I feel like he does not seem like a smoke monster to no, me. No, he also doesn't do anything. So he's much better as Jacob. Yeah, he really is. Hamilton gets stuff done. Smokey's hey, yeah. out there oh, yeah. murdering making, people yeah. and making deals. Making, yeah, and, and turning into a tornado. Yeah. And like, you know, when Ron Chernoff writes his biography of The Lost Island, he's going to talk about the smoke monster way more than he's going to talk about Jacob. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, Jacob was only interesting when he was like a creepy ghost. Yeah. Like, we have officially, you're welcome, Damon Lindelof. We fixed your problem of the two characters that Lost fans maybe hate the most. (laughs) We made them interesting. We made them into Hamilton and Burr. (laughs) Hamilton and Burr. Because, I mean, Hamilton also stops time in Hamilton. Yeah. So he's got some power, some latent power. So I think that like they get back into this time and then he and Burr like. Oh my gosh. He has the force of a hurricane. (gasps) That's right. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's real in him. Mm -hmm. And he has that. He's in the eye of a hurricane. Yeah. And it's that emotional moment when he and Burr are most connected when Burr's shooting him and then they get sucked through the time vortex and there they are. Yeah. As as the new. They're the new island guardians. Yeah. Getting things done. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I would watch that musical. Yeah, me too. And and just like it's Hamilton, but with polar bears. Right. And you've got a cave full of skeletons. So the gravedigger's happy. Oh, yeah. There you go. He's always in. He's Making always working. Making with another skull. <laughs> exactly. Um, what's Richard up to these days? We didn't talk a whole lot about oh, Richard. Yeah. Um, he's got enough mascara to uh, to be in Hamilton. Yeah, right. So, um, he, oh, I think. That's the fascinating thing. Okay. It's I'm... just Nestor Carbonell. His eyes. Yeah, he's just it, like, he's you know. perma mascara. Yeah, because he's got the eyes that all ladies want. Yeah. Um, I'm going to actually match him up with Lawrence, John Lawrence. Oh. Because I feel like we didn't talk about Lawrence a whole lot last time. Yeah, um, he needs a little more love. Yeah, and I feel like I, I feel like these are two guys who like are very like dedicated to their jobs, mm-hmm. um, but don't have a lot of at least that we see in their respective shows, like don't have a lot of social life. Yeah. Um, And I think John Lawrence is really pretty. And I think Richard's got that great eye mascara going. That's true. And Lawrence was probably potentially gay. It seems like, yeah. There's a lot of historical record to support he and Hamilton had a thing, or at least he had a thing for Hamilton. I think there's a lot of... Extrapolation. Yeah, because I think I think back in the day it was much more okay to express your love for other people, mm-hmm. um, whether that would be sexual or platonic. Right. Um, so I don't want to jump and be like, "Oh, hey guys, we're just gonna like, totally guess at up. everybody's sexuality because who really knows?" True. Um, but in the Yay Hamlet lost losted development <laughs> oh man it's good hashtag bad dad <laughs> hashtag bad the yay bad dads yay bad dads <laughs> crossover um Lawrence and richard are both gay and they're gonna kiss yeah so sorry that's, everybody. yeah that's it <laughs> book it done yep um yeah uh and you know i think that another um agent who has massive wields massive power but has not yet been drafted into this battle Lucille. in a way. I mean, Lucille, we, we're going to talk about Lucille <laughs> yeah. for sure. But uh, a very powerful minion who has yet to be harnessed in our conversations is, of course, Jean Parmesan. 
<gasps> yeah. Could single-handedly turn the tide of a battle. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, he is going to pop up in your your very favorite Samuel Seabury Osric oh, no. crossover. <laughs> He's Gene Parmesan. I know. Everybody, unlike Samuel Seabury and Osric, everybody's happy to no, see Gene it's Parmesan. Cheryl. We all love Gene Parmesan. <laughs> Um, I, I'm trying to think of a good place to put him. Were you going to put him anywhere in particular? No, I think like he would maybe work with the others. I mean, he's good at disguises. Well, you know what? I'm actually going to put him with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern because they're drafted to be spies. Uh, spies, basically. They're bad spies. The NG- he's bad yeah. at detecting. Exactly. And I think they would all wind up with the others because the others are bad at costumes. They are. <laughs> it's like, guys, you need to get Amazon Prime so you can get a few few more like fake right. noses These, in like, there. like scraggly beard things aren't yeah. working for you. Um, so yeah, I think they're all, they're in the mix, but I think they've all got their own agendas going, led by, of course, Ben Linus, head of the others, yeah. and his new best friend, Lucille Bluth. Oh, totally. I mean, actually, okay, so they are both best buddies and Battle Dome because yeah. I feel like they would both be so into the manipulations and would work together, but then ultimately they would want to kill each other yeah. and take over. They would constantly be sending other people at each other and like trying to marshal forces against one another, but yeah. it would be very like they would know that they were doing it. Yeah, so be but a lot like of respect. deeply respect each other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh. I would like to see them. On a TV show together, frankly. Like Lemerson and Jessica Walters? Yeah. yeah. I would watch that. Oh, they're both all day. so intense and yeah. I love them. Maybe she did a guest spot on Person of Interest sometime. Oh, maybe. Is that yeah. still going? I think it wrapped up. Okay. I'm not positive, though. Anywho, that's for a, a future crossover. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, there's so much going on in this in this battle. There's so many people. Yeah. Um, what happens when you pull the plug in the island in this crossover? You've got the big magic plug that becomes the focus. Like, I feel like at this point, we're basically yeah. just solving Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse's show issues. by actually, Was it they pull the plug or you put the plug you in? You have to put the plug back in. So what happens when it's out? What's getting out into the world? Democracy. Yeah. America. 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 This, this is you. you. All right. Yeah. That answers my question. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Well, I want to hear more about... Um, the like bad corporate practices oh, and yeah. um so we've got Whitmore, we've got George, George Bluth, mm-hmm. um we've got Sun and Gin at like Bluth Company East. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> Or but, Sun, I guess, just Sun. Well, depending on what the time frame is. Yeah. Um and we've got um King George. Mm-hmm. Um He's financing. I, yeah. And I mean I guess um What's his name? Claudius is running with snakes in the forest. Yeah, he's not it. But, you know, I bet Laertes was going to business school. I But I like Laertes. Oh, no, I th- but I think that he can be like the con- the conflicted. But like he's maybe he's interning at Bluth Co. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like he's he's seeing what's going on and he's not, and he's, he's he's like, not feeling great awful. about it. He's like, wow, your family's terrible. And then he goes home and he's like, my family's <laughs> terrible. Everybody's family is terrible. Oh my God, and guys. He might wind up going crazy again, but. I think so. Yeah. It's just layer a lot in life. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, What about John Locke? Oh, John Locke. Yeah. Where I think he, he get- he's very. Um, <laughs> I mean, what? weren't a lot of the revolutionaries. 
readers and followers of John Locke's philosophy? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. So this is going to be all kinds they of identity like, crisis. Wait, you, you? He would be. They would look onto him on as unto a god. <laughs> and then which he would love yeah oh yeah and he would be like i am i fully support you leading the way making uh a new world we're gonna make a new world together it's a blank slate island yeah Mm -hmm. and then i think they would quickly become very disillusioned with him oh yeah totally and and it would go bad it would go very bad very fast yeah poor john Locke. i know nothing ever goes right for you john Locke. it does not oh um, yeah, man, the proclivity of lost creators to uh, have philosopher character names is really coming in. Coming yeah, to help you. exactly. <laughs> um, do we want to pair Eliza up with anybody else? Huh. Because, you know, I know that technically she and Hamilton are together. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he treats he, her real like he, bad. Yeah, it's not like he does great by her. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, what about Horatio? I know this is back to the original crossover, yeah. but like... Horatio's a nice dude. He's very supportive. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't have a lot of like ambition. And he, you know, at the end of at the end of Hamlet, he tells the story. Yeah. That is true. So I mean it's from the original crossover, but I feel like the two of them make a lot of sense yeah. to me. Um because yeah, I was like, okay, well, Jack is just like he's got his own issues to deal with. Yeah. There's Charlie. Um oh, but Charlie has he's with Claire. Claire right. Yeah. Um in the same way I was gonna say, um, uh oh god what's his name not jack um, not john sawyer sawyer yeah but him and kate have uh, their thing. well him and kate but then him and juliet who are oh, my right. oh juliet they're so great they're so great yeah. i don't want- oh saeed oh yes finally saeed winds up with someone worthy of saeed yes who's not, who's not Nadia, dead who is written out of the show yeah uh but yes oh my god yeah absolutely eliza and saeed they yeah. would get along so because, great yeah they're both people who are like really just I feel like quiet but motivated mm-hmm. and they want to help people. Um they've got some bad stuff in their past. Yeah. But they're They've ulti- got some trauma. Yeah, but they're ultimately gonna tell the story. I like that. I like that a lot. Also, I feel like um Philippa Sue and the guy who plays Sally, uh, Naveen Andrews. Yeah, they would look real nice oh, together. Yeah, that'd be a cute yeah. couple. Aw. I like that. I feel like that's a lovely note to close this out, to to, to, to pull this crossover all yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, we just now have Hamilton and Burr as the, the man gods of the Andrew. island. Yeah, gods of the island running around. Uh, you've got you got Claudius running around with snakes and Tobias yeah. dancing up a storm. Angelica is able to time travel people mm-hmm. elsewhere yeah. as needed. To take them away. Yeah. Uh, Faraday's out there doing science. Um, and yeah, and Eliza I like to think and Saeed. Eliza or um, Angelica and Faraday are time travel friends. Oh, I bet like they she are. comes to visit him. Yeah, they come to hang out. Yeah, and they have a lot to talk about. Yeah, because I bet she's good at science. She, I bet she is. Yeah, and then she could go to Oxford. <laughs> this is a great Uber crossover. Yes, I agree. Um, but this has been super fun to revisit. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, since we did so many recommendations for these various properties in their respective and shows. And you can see them on the show notes pages. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, if you still like Hamilton and Hamlet and Lost and Arrested Development, you can find all sorts of recommendations there. Yeah. So we didn't want to retread that ground. But Annie, I believe we have found a clever solution. Yeah. So um, because this has been a full year of crossover appeal. Um, yay. yay. Thanks so much for listening. Listening. Um, we wanted to look back over the things that we have read and watched and listened to over the year and give kind of our our best of yeah. over the last 12 months. Yeah. 
So. July to August. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. You know. Give it, hey, here's the things that we've really liked. Yeah. Um, so we're breaking them down into, you know, books, movies, TV, other. Um, for me, the in the category of books, which is a very important category to me. It's, she's not kidding, folks. Oh, my gosh. It was real hard to narrow things down <laughs> to, like, two because I could have gone on for a while. But um, I started listening to the Tif- Tiffany Aching books, um, which are part of the Discworld series by Terry Pratchett. Um, I love them. I am usually not a series person. I tend to, like, read one and then not read the second one for 12 years. Not because I didn't like it, just because I always want something different. Um, but I kept getting the library audiobooks from the Tiffany Aching series, and I just loved them like more and more. And for more of that, you can listen to our episode with the We Free Men. Yeah, it's uh, We Free Men, which is the first Tiffany Aching book, and Hot Fuzz. Um, so you get to hear like how the Tiffany Aching world starts, and then I'm sure we'll do the later books because I just love talking about them. I think that's a likely likely um, thing. Totally. Um, so yeah, that was a big hit for me um another one was hidden figures the american dream and the untold story of the black women mathem- mathematicians who helped to win the space race by margot lee shutterly um i actually haven't seen the movie since i haven't been to the movies since like january 2nd it's true literally which is really too bad me and neither. I, I know right it's the worst um but the book is amazing this was another library audiobook um borrow and i just I thought it was so moving and fantastic and beautifully written. I like I finished the book and I went on Goodreads and looked at all the five star reviews, which were the the only right reviews. Mm-hmm. And then anything less, I was like, "You monsters!" I will never trust you. Exactly. I was like, "How could you not give this five stars?" <laughs> um, so yeah, super recommended. I I am like very much looking forward to seeing the movie. Um, and speaking of movies, um, one I watched this year on Netflix was uh, Queen of Kotway about a young chess genius in Uganda. It's just got so many feels and really excellent performances, including Lupita Nyong'o, who's amazing. Um, it's a movie that's so inspiring and thoughtful and like really just beautifully crafted. Um, and it like I think Walt was out when I was watching it and he came home in the last like half hour and I told him I'm like I need to just watch the rest of this like it's nice to see you but I'm finishing this movie it's true and it was lovely I watched the last half hour with her and it yeah. was delightful yeah. and really a beautiful film indeed um, also Rogue One which is the Star Wars prequel you've probably already seen um, about an unlikely group of rebels stealing the plans for the Death Star this has like one of the best casts I think I've seen in a movie in a mm-hmm. while and honestly like it's a normal movie length, but I would have watched like five more hours of these people. And I think they could have gotten away with like making this a mini series. Yeah, I think uh, even um, different than uh, The Force Awakens or other big, huge movies of recent, uh, you know, the Marvel movies and all of that. Mm-hmm. Like Rogue One was a movie when I was sitting in the theater that like I never had a moment where I was like, oh, I wonder how long it's been in this movie. Like, I, or I wonder mm-hmm. like how much longer it'll be. Like, it's just, it moves, but it, it's, it keeps moving and it's compelling the whole way through. Yeah. Um, and it's the first movie in which I felt Darth Vader was a real threat. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I grew up watching the original movies and like Darth Vader never really scared me. But in this one, I was like, oh my God, you're terrifying. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Um, for TV, um, stuff I continued to love, uh, Jane the Virgin. I finally caught up with season, I think it's three, um, and just continues to be as wonderful as ever and balances 
the telenovela style drama with the real genuine feels just beautifully and excellent performances. Um, also, The Great British Baking Show. Uh, we just finished the season four, the American season four finale. And like, oh, God, the show is the best. It was really lovely. And like, I think th- there's been a lot of drama about the production company and who's going to be in it. So I don't know if it's going to feel the same moving forward. But this is one of my all time favorite shows. Um, and some stuff that was new to me, uh, which can uh, includes The Good Place, um, which has been one season so far. Which and I really want to go back and watch because so I came in late funny. in the season. And I mean, I love Kristen Bell. Um, I feel like it's a show that is so bingeable while being really quirky. And I, I guess it reminds me of Pushing Daisies because mm-hmm. it's this real weird world. Um, and it's also kind of a mystery. Yeah, it felt like a more concrete or grounded Pushing Daisies. Yeah. Like it has a little bit more cynicism to it. Or oh, totally. Like, but like the same kind of whimsy. Yeah, exactly. And like real high production mm-hmm. style and just like sharp writing. Um, so love that. I started watching Blackish, um, which I think is possibly the best sitcom that I can think of in the last 20 years. Um, like they start out like within the first few episodes. Like I just loved the characters and the writing was so spot on. Um, I feel like it's it's a like a work or a, a masterclass in how to do sitcom TV writing. Um and then, um, which I'm sure Walt will be talking about as well, uh, Steven Universe. It's so sweet and fun. And I am really picky about animated TV shows, like, in a weird way. And I just love Steven Universe. Like, I think it's one of the best written TV shows of all genres on today. And yeah. I would like Garnet to be my space mom. Yes, please. Yep. Um. For other things, um, I have been really enjoying listening to Can I Pet Your Dog, uh, the podcast for unapologetic dog lovers, and being part of its Facebook group. Um, It's a great Facebook group, So yeah, if you like dogs or just want to see dog pictures all the time, you should join it because it's a group of really enthusiastic people posting adorable pictures. Um, And we also, this past year got Bodo the dog. Bodo the dog. Who you can see on Instagram. And I've got to say, for the first few months we had Bodo, it was real weird for me, and I had a tough time adjusting to dog life. Um, And being able to listen to Can I Pet Your Dog was actually a big benefit, where I was like, oh, this is is a good thing. Mm -hmm. And, and like, I do enjoy having a dog in my life. And um, there are, there's a whole community of people out there who love dogs, and they want to help you. Make sure your dog's okay. Yeah. And, and pet ownership is such an, it has such weird intangible benefits that like it's hard yeah. to describe like why your life is better when you have a dog in concrete terms. Yeah. But when you hear the accumulation of people for whom it is so deeply meaningful and so exciting yeah. and also share cute pictures. Oh, totally. The cute, and then you can share your cute pictures back, which is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are, those are my top things of the year. Cool. Um, what about you? Um, yeah, I think I, I had a fun year with things, but I, I feel like it was a lot of revisiting stuff that we had watched before. Like I feel like movies, yeah. like Andy said, we haven't been out to the movies partly because of Bodo the dog. Yeah. Because um, we're, I, I feel like I am, you know, that dog mom who's like, 
But I don't want him to be lonely. <laughs> we can't leave him. But he's getting better at it. He um, is. But, uh, but yeah, I think uh, some books that I read this year that I really enjoyed. Actually, the one that I just finished most recently, I read Kindred by Octavia Butler, um, which I had been meaning to read for quite a while. But it's part of my sort of mission, I think, carrying into this year to try to uh, fill in a lot of the gaps in my sci-fi and fantasy reading background. Um, and uh, Octavia Butler is probably the biggest name on that list and reading kindred i can absolutely see why it is um a really stunning and very sad but and harrowing but wonderful example of i think what science fiction can do as a form um it's about a woman who a black woman in the 70s uh with a white husband who suddenly finds herself at random moments being transported back in time to the antebellum south um and being forced to save who she who she eventually realizes uh, a white man who is her ancestor um at very points in his life um and there are uh it's not only just a book about the way that a modern uh black person may experience slavery uh and what a horrible situation that would be to find yourself in uh but also it deals with the ways in which her husband who's a white man can't fully comprehend her experience and her reaction mm -hmm. to it and what it means and how their realities are different. Um, and it manages to be relevant in ways that are uh, incredibly, incredibly depressing uh, yeah. because about 100% of it is still 100% relevant nowadays. If, um, if not more so, exactly. considering the current climate. Oof. Um, so yeah, it's a really uh, beautiful read. Um, I can't wait to read more of Butler's stuff and I already have some recommendations queued up. Um, Another one that I read, uh, I had started a long time ago, a few years back, and then thanks to the Comixology app, I was finally able to revisit and finish, was the series, the comic book series Lock and Key. Um, this is written by Joe Hill, who's actually Stephen King's son, uh, and it is a horror series, uh, so I guess it runs in the family or something. Um, but it's a really um, both lovely and then sort of horrifying, but thrilling and ultimately really moving uh, comic book series. It's about a family of three kids and their mother who move east to Lovecraft, Massachusetts. Uh, it has all sorts of little horror and jokes in it um, after their father is murdered um, to the family household, which is this huge house. And they start finding these mysterious iron keys all over the house that when put into particular doors result in certain things like turning you into a ghost or turning you into a giant or letting you see into other people's thoughts. Um, and they have to both explore the house figure out what's going on and what the history of the house is, but also um, uh, fight against the incursion of uh, a woman who is attempt of who they refer to as the dark lady who is trying to find her way in. Um, it's actually, I feel like a really compelling look at recovery from trauma and the way that trauma can affect especially kids uh, and the and the ways that they can move on. Um, it's also a very uh, wonderfully creepy look at things. Um, it is the only time I have ever actually seen a successfully executed jump scare in a comic book. I was reading a page yeah. and because of the way that the panels were drawn out without even turning the page, I actually got to the bottom of a page and like jumped a little bit from a moment. Um, it does go to some pretty grim places. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of violence in it some of it's a little bit overblown um but it's in sort of a grand guignol tradition um and ultimately it has its heart in the right place and i feel like it does a lot of things that are mean but it's never cruel and it's never gratuitous to the main cast i feel like some of the minor characters get 
mistreated in various ways that are are violent and up and often upsetting but um for the main cast especially uh it always is very uh careful in how it deals with them which is nice um Movies. Uh, Arrival is my big one. Um, we saw it, and that was the one that we saw in January. Yeah, so on January second. Eventually, we'll go to the movies again. So it is one hundred percent of the movies I've seen in the theater this year were amazing. Uh, but no, Arrival is a movie that I would be recommending no matter what. I'm sure we'll talk about it on the show at one point, at some point or another. Um, it is Amy Adams plays a linguist who is drafted by the military to try to establish communication with some aliens who have mysteriously shown up on Earth. Um, it's an amazing movie because it's about language of all kinds and wrapped up in that uh, it's a perfect adaptation of a story, I think, because it uses the language of filmmaking as much Mm. as any other language. It really understands how people watch movies and uses that as a storytelling method um, to sort of not use it against the audience because it always plays fair. To enhance the story. Yeah, it becomes about the grammar of film as much as the grammar of English. And I think that's another one that really is about um, grief and Mm -hmm. kind of... uh, trauma yeah um, in very surprising ways yeah exactly like i mean it starts off like the opening credits are amy adams character dealing with losing her daughter so like yeah that is kind of going over the whole movie but it ends up being really uplifting Mm -hmm. and kind of a moving look at what it means to to lose someone and to carry their memory with you. Yeah, I think, and it's just a really thoughtful film. Um, and then my other one, uh, a movie that has stuck with me that I watched over the last year, we were super late to the game on it, but was Zootopia um, of the animated movies. I liked Moana also, a lot um, too. Uh, Jason Bateman. Yeah, it's true. Jason Bateman pops up there yeah. too. Yeah. But I really, I value Zootopia as a film. Um Mostly just because it's a movie that's as much about how to be wrong as anything else. Mm-hmm. That like how what it means to make a mistake uh, and actually apologize and try to work, try to do better to learn from mistakes, which is a lesson that I feel like doesn't get imparted a whole lot. Yeah, and I think it's a really important message for kids to say. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it has an adorable bunny. Oh my god, the bunny! She's so, I won't say she's cute because you can't say the bunny. Can't are say cute. that. No. no. But, but she is so motivated. She's motivated and a great character. She is. Um, TV, Steven Universe. Uh, I of the There's one other thing on this list, um, but Steven Universe is one of the two things on this list that are two of the more meaningful pieces of media I've engaged with mm-hmm. in the last few years, I think. Steven Universe just uh, wraps issues of uh, gender politics and consent and yeah. trauma and grief yeah. and family um, all up inside of the most lovingly crafted like soft comfy gooey marshmallow ball yeah. um, that you can imagine um, it is to say that this show has a big heart is to uh, is deeply unfair is is just offensive to hearts exactly to hearts everywhere yeah um, it's beautiful it's just watch the show. Um, it, I really admire it as a kid's show because it doesn't waste any time on exposition. And yet it builds a sense of history and mythology so naturally and easily that as you watch the show, you just gradually accumulate this knowledge of what the very strange world that it occupies is. Um, but I didn't mention before, it also has a great soundtrack. Yeah. Like the music design the music. on the show is fantastic, both in terms of like some of the songs are really funny and uppy and hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then some are so touching and moving. And you're like, oh, my God, why am I crying about a cartoon? Yeah. Oh, but it's so many cries. Um, Bob's Burgers is another one that I've really enjoyed this year and has been a lot of fun. I would put Brooklyn Nine-Nine on this list as well. Oh, yeah. Shows that are just fun to like for the for cast of characters who enjoy one another 
and characters who like one another. Yeah, uh, and get into wacky hijinks, and you don't have to have a cast of characters who all hate each other to make a show. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Return. Uh, it's the new Mystery MST3K series on Netflix. Um, as somebody who, like, my comfort food when I'm homesick is watching MST3K, uh, it, it scratched that itch perfectly. It's a wonder. I'm still working my way through them, but it's just a lovely, like, way to flash yourself back to Saturday mornings on the couch with popcorn. Um and then my other category, uh, the first one is we got a board game called Pandemic Reign of Cthulhu over Christmas, which I've enjoyed, even though we haven't played it a whole lot recently. But uh, it's a very fun spin on the pandemic style board game. Uh, it's a cooperative board game, so you play it together and there's no weird competition. Yeah, you don't have to think that your spouse is trying to beat you because you're... Man, the way you said that. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Your, your spouse is trying to win <laughs> over to you, you. To, to defeat you. Yeah. In board game combat. Not that that's ever been an issue before. Uh, Not for all of us, <laughs> obviously. But uh, but it's uh, Pandemic has a great mechanic to it, and they have used that mechanic to uh, approach the Lovecraft mythos, which is fun from a crossover oh. appeal. Oh, totally. And it's like you're, you're trying to stop monsters yeah. together. So, so that's great. a great way, way to spend a night. Yeah. You know, that also made me think that we started doing cro- uh not crossword puzzles, regular puzzles. Oh, board pu- uh, jigsaw puzzles. Jigsaw puzzles. Oh, everybody do jigsaw puzzles. They're, they're so much so, fun. They're so much fun. We got weirdly, strangely addicted to them last summer. <laughs> we just like, it was raining out and we were like, let's do a puzzle. And then it became this thing where if anybody walked in and tried to talk to us, we were like, I'm sorry, we're doing a puzzle. And right then uh, I think it was My mom. Lo- your, yeah, your mom like, was like, oh, I'm going to pick up a piece and put it in a space. And we were like, no, don't do it. We need to do it ourselves. Um, and like then we walked away because we had to like go to dinner before we finished and we were both like I felt like I was on a high. Yeah. I was like, all I can do is think about this puzzle. We were getting the shakes from the puzzle. So do puzzles, you guys. You'll never forget your first one. <laughs> um, but then my my absolute number one piece of media to recommend from the from the last year, and I've already recommended it on the show before, is the podcast The Adventure Zone. Um, it's actually wrapping up next week. The last episode is getting Aww. posted. At least this arc. They're going to keep doing the show, but it'll be a different story and a different set of characters maybe a different dm um it is a dungeons and dragons comedy podcast uh that has grown into from like three guys and their dad playing D and goofing goofing around uh it has grown into a stunningly realized and wide scoping um character study uh world building lesson um really emotional journey um and as a white guy make it, trying to tell stories um, in a field, uh, for me, theater that is having a lot of issues and reckoning with a lot of issues of inclusivity and of uh, telling different stories, it has become for me a really interesting object lesson in the ways that fantasy storytelling um, can be used, especially by white artists, as a way to broaden their own perspectives and their own horizons and their own stories that they're telling. I think the McElroy brothers have done a really admirable job of building a incredibly inclusive narrative thread, um, despite the four of them all, because they're all in one family together, all being four white guys. Um, they've done a really lovely job of sort of leading heart first and telling a great story out of it. Um, so yeah, it's great. And and Griffin McElroy composes the music for it, and the music is beautiful as well. So, so heartwarming things with good music. That's my annual theme. Yeah. That's um, a pretty good theme to have. Yeah. And it's been a really fun year. It has. We've really enjoyed getting to talk about fandoms and talking about 
thematic crossovers mm-hmm. and then um, making characters fight and kiss and all that good stuff. It's been great. And yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for letting us take a little bit of a victory lap this episode, everybody. I yeah. hope that you had fun revisiting stuff because I did. Yeah, totally. Um, um, and if you didn't, we'll be back in two weeks with a normal crossover. Yeah, super normal two-piece two of media crossover as God intended. Yes. <laughs> um, none of this crossover polyamory that we've been oh, doing. Oh, no. <laughs> um, oh, man. Got twisted there at the yeah, end. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that Jesus never specifically said that you can have, or Only that you shouldn't have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Noah had lots of different books. Books were the thing that Noah didn't care about two by two on. He was like, bring them yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. Weird biblical overtones to finishing up this episode. Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't. It's true. It's my fault. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, if you want to go. I was trying to make a joke out of it. Yay. I liked it. <laughs> um, well, if you want more of this searing biblical content, <laughs> you can go to our website for not that. Yeah, at, for gifts. Yeah, gifts and fun things and occasionally quizzes and polls uh, at com. Um, you can email us your thoughts on um, if uh, Michael Emerson and Jessica Walter like would be on a TV show and what kind of show they would be on. And if you have any power to make that happen, mm-hmm. um, you can email us at crossoverappealpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. You can comment on our Facebook group at Crossover Appeal Podcast. And on off weeks, we do our media surveys where we can all commiserate about how great Jessica Walter's singing You'll Be Back would be. Yes. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter at Crossover Appeal. Uh, and we have a lot of polls on there. And mm-hmm. um, oddly enough, Jessica Walter did not win the um, the Mean TV Grandma poll. Oh, that's right. Emily Gilmore won. That's right. So maybe you guys just don't love her as much as I do. Which is a mistake. Which is a deep mistake. Although I do <laughs> love Emily Gilmore. Yeah, she's pretty great too. Um so for more TV grandmas, go to Twitter at Crossover Appeal. <laughs> and hey, if you want to get us a one-year birthday gift, that would be how sweet of you. How nice. Yeah. But you don't have to get us anything. All you need to do is go on to iTunes and leave us a rating, please. Yeah. Um, let people know if you like the show. Help us spread the word. Um, we really enjoy interacting with everyone who listens to the show. And we're looking forward to doing even more of it in the years to come. Yeah. Um And it helps us find new listeners if you leave us a rating or review. Um, And every time you do, we're going to give Bodo a scritch. Yep. Right? Give him a Which we don't otherwise. So he's depending on you. Yes. (laughs) Every day, thousands of Bodos. Do not go unscritched. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's not true. We scritch him a lot. Yeah. But we'll give him extra if you leave us a review. Exactly. Um, But I think speaking of scritches and Bodos, it's probably time to give him a walk and then some scritches. So I think we're going to finish out this year of crossover appeal. Um, Doing so is me. Walt McGough. <laughs> I'm Annie Cardi. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. Ship responsibly.